For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It is October 15th, 2018. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary. And Raj, that is not Matt Morgan here tonight. No, no. Matt's uh, preparing for a bodybuilding competition this weekend, so he's having to turn in early this week. Nice. Nick, how's it going, man? Uh, it's great. I'm I'm here in Chicago. I just finished up watching Raw, and uh, can, can we get to some breaking news right now? Is that all right? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. I, I mean, like, obviously, tonight was tonight was kind of a weird raw. Did you guys also feel the general kind of malaise that came along with you know watching Raw tonight, knowing the the current political climate? Oh yeah, yeah I could I could hear in Michael Cole's head, "Don't say Saudi Arabia. Don't say Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Don't say Saudi Arabia." Yeah, they didn't mention it once. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. For for you guys, did it did it affect you? I mean, it was it was definitely you know from the outset kind of kind of weird for me when uh you know they did the opening uh you know the opening promo segment where you had Ziggler and Braun and and Drew out there talking about the tournament. It, it, it felt a little weird to me. It felt flat. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought the show in general tonight was pretty much it just felt like a repeat. Like, how many times are we going to see Seth and drew and you know Dolph and dean and just the the combinations it was just it just felt like uh, you, you know we're on a on a treadmill it just felt like nothing not not until that last segment did anything feel like it advanced well it, it, it's tough right now and i don't know glenn I, I i hate to keep be the one chiming in right now but it, it's tough because i feel like even if you do something that is attention worthy you know where like braun throws a grappling hook up and tears the raw uh, you know, Titantron down, even something like that, where people are talking about WWE right now, I, I feel like even that makes them a little nervous because they don't want to be be brought up in, in conversations at the moment. I, I, I don't know. Glenn, what do you think about that? I, I feel like, so what was it, six months ago, Raj, Greatest Royal Rumble? I was bringing mm -hmm. up these concerns about Saudi Arabia and human rights and women, the treatment of uh, gays, long list of things that were wrong with Saudi Arabia. And what did we hear in the chat, Raj? Oh, no. This is like that moolah thing. Shut up, Snowflake. You're making a big deal out of nothing. Everybody does it. How do you like your iPhone with the slave labor? But now one journalist in Turkey gets assassinated, and now all of a sudden everyone's got an issue? It's, uh, well, it's a government. Uh, it's believed to be a government-inspired, uh, government you know, ordered hit. So, But the government was doing all this other terrible stuff before anyhow well uh, well uh, but here's the thing is, I, I i hear where you're glenn i yeah. absolutely hear where you're coming from and as a journalist that covers pro wrestling i feel like this should hit particularly home for us oh, right because mcmahon's gonna come for you next <laughs> i know right like i'm, I'm gonna be the next one with a, a trash bag and a and a bone saw but i you know i i i i do think there's a an interesting reaction that we have to accept here you know as wrestling journalists you know, we're not doing 60 minutes most of the time. 
I watched Bound for Glory last night. <laughs> we we could talk about the Sue Young uh, <laughs> Alley segment where she got dra- uh, you know dragged to the undead and that silliness there and, and you know what's going on with you know Matt Hardy out on the Hardy compound. But at the same time, you know we're in this very precarious situation where as wrestling journalists, we actually have to comment on on this very serious issue. And he, here's one thing I will say, and I hate to say in WWE's defense. Yeah, because I feel like I, I, I don't want to take one side or the other. But WWE has worked with the, the United States military openly for a long time, right? I mean, the, the, the tribute to the troop stuff, uh, an, an overwhelming amount of other projects that have had military influence. It's no secret in Hollywood that the United States military takes an influence in, in certain films. I... I I wonder how much of a say WWE really does have in this matter. When I sit down, you know, if I really, you know, if I sit here and I really press myself about how we've gotten to this point, I, 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 I feel like that's worth taking into consideration. You know, they're representing America. And uh, you mentioned that breaking news, WWE, um, you know, came out today that there are some talents that are, um, a little amp- apprehensive who aren't comfortable with working the show. And so Nick had just posted something, WWE sending us a statement uh, saying, as always, we maintain an open line of communication with our performers as we continue to monitor their situation. That monitor the situation is, that's kind of <laughs> like what a lot of, uh, a lot of people, because it, there's all these different uh, entertainment companies right now that, uh, that are now, backing out of, you know, uh, partnerships with Saudi Arabia and like Endeavor, which owns the UFC, uh, they're scratching their $400 million, uh, investment from the Saudi government. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, the timing of this is just so crazy how it, uh, well, you know, I, I was up and by the way, Raj has got me on this kick where I listen to the wrestling observer radio, like about as, as soon as it drops, because he's right. There's a lot of news that, that comes out of the observer, um, but you know, I was, I was listening to Meltzer talk about, you know, how, how these guys are in such a hard spot here right now about this. I, I mean, we're, we're, unless it, you know, like, you know, like they were discussing about whether the set, this, the state department or, or the president of the United States comes along and says, you can't do this, you know, for, you know, legal reasons, patriotic reasons, you can't do the show. They're going to do this show. And, and, and part of me thinks to myself, are there you know, other factors in play here that we don't even, that we're not, that we don't, that we don't even know about, you know, that's, that's all I'm saying. It'll be interesting. It'll be because remember last time, a big part of the show was so they could, you know, was that video that they aired, right? Like, I think that was the whole reason for doing it was so the Saudi Arabian government's, you know, sending that message that they're, you know, progressive and things are changing. You I don't see how you could possibly you can... for the scantily clad women that got shown in the arena. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, before Carmella came along and ruined Saudi Arabia, uh, I, mean, <laughs> when, I, I, you know, we haven't spent a whole, whole lot of time in podcast space. Yeah. You know, this story here right now, it, it's very complicated. Uh, you know, what's your take on the fact that they haven't pulled out on this right now? I mean, do you, do, do you think that they should have taken a stand up to this point? You know, I mean, my thing is I had to get over this. I think I had to come to terms with this with the last Saudi show, tuning into it, doing the podcast about it. It was like, okay, I don't feel great about it, but I am covering it. Raj and I 
and with Matt Morgan, we got into a little bit of a heated discussion about it. I felt that we expressed our views. We expressed what we thought was wrong with it. Sure. Um, and as wrestling fans, I mean, look, man, if you know Vince McMahon and you know his politics and you look at the company there, like, I think you're coming to terms with the fact that you're ultimately serving this, this master in WWE that ultimately Vince does profit and Vince does guide the ship. I think we all sort of have to reconcile that. Well, to but an how, how weird is, how weird is that though? Right. That kind of makes like WWE a country in, in, in sort of a way, at least a state where you have this guy who has such influence that regardless of what, you know, senators and, and, and the geopolitical folks and that affect our community can, can up and, and, and go do something that, that flies in the face of that. It's it's weird to me, and that's why I don't think the full the I I personally I just don't think the full story is being told here. I think there are so many factors at play here right now. Where if it, it, I've been a person for a long time that has advocated for pro wrestling be a vehicle of peace, pro, people all over the world love pro wrestling. You shouldn't deny that. Bring them pro wrestling. Let's have heels and faces from every part of the world that meet up and then the, the babies always beat the heels. I'm all about it. But when, when you find yourself in these situations, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 it changes it up a bit. You know, I, I, I'm all for using pro wrestling to go out and be something that brings people together. But at a certain point, you also have to be able to say, Hey, uh, you know, I've hit a line. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Um, you know, $40 million or uh, we'll know for sure with the next uh, earnings report, but uh, you know, so a lot of times that's what talks with some of these companies. So um, I guess, you know, and it's not just WWE, right? They, no, no, no. It, I mean, and, you know, all those other folks out in Silicon Valley, uh, MBS, uh, right. That's, that's, that's what he's called. But yeah. Muhammad, uh, Ben Solomon, uh, the, the MBS initiative, the peace initiative, the charm offensive, whatever you want to call it. He came in, he, he came like a, a roller coaster earlier this year. Uh, a lot of people took the hook, and it's not just Vince McMahon. You know, Sports Illustrated's Justin Brass who put up that piece. And, you know, he, he said that WWE should cancel the show. I, you know, take take your side on that as you will. But he does go out of his way to note that Vince McMahon is not the only person that decided to do business with Saudi Arabia around the time they signed this deal. A lot of people got involved. There was a whole thing that was going on. Um, I get that, but a lot of the people that he's also talking about, they've pulled out of going out uh, to future events in Saudi Arabia. You know? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I hate to say this, if the product was hotter right now, I would feel worse about it. It was more disappointing. No, seriously. It was more disappointing uh, on the heels of WrestleMania when this happened, given just how sort of cruddy everything is lately. If you want to skip this pay-per-view for any reason whatsoever, sure, say it's a political thing. Um, I don't think you're going to be missing out. All right. Uh, well, I, I, I don't know how much... Uh, does anybody have any more... We're going to get into it. I mean, the, yeah, this, let's jump into the show. This topic is going to come... It's going to weave its way in and out. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, you know, and I i don't know. I mean, I don't like the performers, the superstars being uncomfortable, but I have to admit, much like the Moolah thing, as a wrestling fan, Vince McMahon being uncomfortable and being in a tough spot with his broken moral compass, that does bring me some joy. So All there's right. a silver lining. 
All right. Well, I'm getting to know Glenn here. I've never, yeah. I, I don't really know Glenn, uh, but this is good. You know, we're, t- we're chatting. We're having a good time here. Yes. Uh, we're all in a dysfunctional relationship with a 72 year old man. That's part of being a WWE fan. Before, right. we get, before we get into Raw, do you guys want to talk SmackDown 1000 real quick? It's tomorrow night. Is it yeah, three hours? I think it's two. Wow. It's a, I think they would have mentioned it through being three hours, right? I don't know. No, it's only two. It, it's a jam-packed two hours. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot going on in there. Um, you know, <laughs> it's weird. I threw it out there. You guys don't seem like you're totally invested. Like this is your season premiere type or season premiere season finale type. I feel like we just got done with Raw 25, and that was. I mean, come on. The most interesting thing about Raw 25 were uh, how much uh, the the one of the locations sucked and the backstage drama that happened that day. I feel like both those things completely overshadowed what was on TV that night. It is this. I don't know. Raj, do you like these shows? Do you like the the ceremonial shows? Uh, well, I've I've said this before. Um, they have this big audience that's tuning in for these shows, yeah. and I feel like they waste a, a golden opportunity to to do a big angle or something to really uh, hook in a lot of those people that are probably don't normally watch wrestling anymore. That those laps fans that that tune in for these special shows. Now, SmackDown one thousand. They're not doing near the level of promotions that they did for Raw 25. And that's just, you know, that's just the Raw and SmackDown bit. But yeah. um, so, I mean, I, I think this week we'll probably see SmackDown beat Raw. But I don't think it's going to be anywhere near what Raw 25 did, you know, with the 4.5 million viewers. Glenn? Yeah, you know, I'll watch it. I like SmackDown every week. I look forward to SmackDown every week. But with this, you know, I just want to see, uh, I'd rather see a good SmackDown, especially going into Evolution which I am going to. I will be there in person. Um, and yeah, oh, I feel I like they you really just bought the tickets this weekend, right? Well, no, I bought the tickets uh, when they went on sale and then I was debating and then I bought the plane tickets. So it is 100% I am going. And in fact, this is a good time to plug the sponsor of this episode, which is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is awesome for buying tickets. And let me tell you, Oh my God, can it be so complicated? There are hundreds of sites with varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. And that's why SeatGeek is the way to go. They pull millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price that you're willing to pay. And there is nothing quite like being in person and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. So here's the thing, not only my evolution tickets on SeatGeek, but I'm like, I'm spending a weekend in New York. What does that mean? Broadway. And wanted to get tickets to Mean Girls. Do you know how hard it is to get good seats to Mean Girls? Impossible, Glenn. Seat Geek to the rescue. And I'll say I had to make the choice. I was like, Mean Girls are Pretty Woman. Oh, what is Sophie's choice to reference another movie? I said, I'm going to go for Mean Girls. It's going to be a hell of a time. And uh, Seat Geek got me great seats for a great price. I'm so excited about this. I'm actually going to a matinee of Mean Girls, then going to WWE Evolution later that night. Wait, Glenn, Glenn, you're a Mean Girls fan, yeah? Who isn't? Come on. Now, now, do you have like a do you have like a favorite Mean Girls like character line moment like look? Because there's a lot going on in Mean Girls. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot like that, you know. But I you know I'm I'm very kitsch. That was my Mean Girls thing. <laughs> no, I just I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Uh, it's been funny that Corey Graves actually referencing Mean Girls on Broadway. I was not aware it was on Broadway until Corey Graves was making those Mean Girls references. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to see. This is right. the perfect thing. Mean Girls for the matinee, then WWE Evolution later that night, and SeatGeek made it all possible. Awesome. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You do, uh, you got, I got the app right here. You do a quick search on WWE. You got the SmackDown tickets for tomorrow night. 
tickets for SmackDown 1000 starting at $6. Um, you got NXT wow. tapings, you know, Broncos games, Seinfeld, I mean, just tons of stuff. So all it makes it easy. And uh, once I started using this, I've, I, you know, I, I don't use anything else now. Yeah, and if you put mean, if you put Mean Girls and pro wrestling together, I mean, you're basically getting evolution. You know, that's like that's it's like true. The- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a hell of a day. Uh, so with SeatGeek, I'll tell you one thing that's cool about it: it searches multiple ticket sites, grades every purchase based on value, so they help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And here's the important part: every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports, concerts, wrestling, comedy, and the theater. SeatGeek, best of all, our listeners can get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code INC today. That's promo code INC for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, and they have the tickets. Thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Oh, man. SeatGeek is going to make my weekend in New York fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, man, I hope Evolution comes through. They did a little bit of building tonight for that. But uh, a lot of I just people, want more. It was weird. Well, here's the, before we get into because I know we're going to take this kind of segment by segment, or I don't know exactly how. I, I honestly, I don't know what to expect here, Glenn. But okay. I will say I, I did notice there was a limited roster tonight. They didn't hmm. see that, you know. There was there was not as many matches as usual and a lot of long vignettes. And I almost wonder if that wasn't done intentionally to have to kind of limit the amount of interaction that the you know fans at home got with the live crowd and you know possible negative reactions that could come along with that. Huh. I don't know about that. To me, it seemed just as sort of monotonous and yeah, this seemed like the same show as last week, pretty well, much. That's why I say it seemed it seemed like the, because they showed a lot of last week. They showed long three to four minute clips from last week's show to refresh you. You know, yeah, it was I very about every week. Well, <laughs> I felt I I, ge- I genuinely thought because I you know I don't again I was in the audience last week at Raw because they were in Chicago, so I don't know what you guys saw on TV, but I really enjoyed last week's Raw. I thought there was a lot of action there. This week it was just like long three, four minute recaps of what happened the week before with, you know, a little bit of action. I felt in between those vignettes. Yeah, it was uh tonight. I don't know. Have you guys been getting the surveys, the WWE fan feedback surveys? They don't put me on the surveys. Oh, you got to sign up for the fan council. Roger, have you seen these lately? Does anyone sent them in? I should be screenshotting them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I receive them from time to time. Yeah. But many lately, why aren't you watching raw? What can we do to make raw better? Please tell us how we can increase your enjoyment of Raw. And I feel like they're they're trying, but it ain't it ain't working. So we opened up tonight with Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. Now they were throwing shade saying, Oh, what's up with Dean Ambrose? Because Roman and Seth came out, he wasn't there. Are there some fractions in the shield setting up? Aha! You thought there were fractions in the shield, but it's gonna be Braun, Dolph, and Drew that have the split later in the evening. You fooled me there, WWE. Um yeah, so they were really hyping up this match for not only the uh, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar match for the WWE Crown Jewel pay-per-view at an undisclosed location. Um, and then talking about the World Cup and the qualifying matches that were going to happen later that night with Rollins and Ziggler and then, uh, uh, pardon me, with uh, Rollins and McIntyre and then Ziggler and Dean. Um so yeah, this through line, I'm stoked if these factions are breaking up or splitting up or just not fighting each other anymore. I am sick of this being the, the bookended storyline on Monday Night Raw. Raj, how say you? 
I agree. Uh, the, the sooner they can get away from this, start focusing more on the titles, uh, whether that means Dean turning heel on Seth and, you know, that's your intercontinental title feud. But uh, the sooner they could get away from this Shields Strowman uh, Strowman feud, uh, the better. And I, hopefully, hopefully tonight that was it. You know, it looked like uh, I'm guessing that was a, a baby face turn by Drew McIntyre. Hmm. Interesting. Like a of it at least. Yeah. What's that? I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't think they did much here. I, I I don't like this. I don't like anything about this. I don't think any of these people should be paired up together. I think even all the members of the Shield should be individuals right now. I get why they did it, but I just I, I don't know. I, I this is this this feud right here, these six men fighting encapsulate to me the brass balls to just say, hey, this is what I want, and <laughs> I don't care what you want. I'm just going to do it, and that and that's it. You know, I, it, it is what it is. There are far more compelling storylines right now in WWE than this. This is an amalgamation of men that have some star power that they wanted to mess around with and see what they could do. I don't dig it. I don't dig any part of it. I don't like anybody in any of this involved with this story. I think they're all better off as individuals, maybe McIntyre and Ziggler as a, as a duo, but everybody else is individuals doing different things. You could get far more out of them. I don't like any part of this. So out of the six men, you have to pair one up with gold dust for a new tag team. Raj, who do you pick? <laughs> Ziggler. Nick. Oh, Ziggler. Like I said, maybe Ziggler with drew, like that's a duo, right? Like they would work well together, but every other person out of this, let's be honest. You know, Rollins is the IC champion. Fine. Roman is the universal champion. Fine. Dean off doing something different right now. He looks good. He's got a different vibe. I hope he spins out of this into something else. Uh, and then you got Braun. And Braun should have never, ever touched his foot in the acid that is this storyline. Because he was a white, hot baby face that everybody loved. Everybody loved this man. They were yeah. freaking out, making gifts, selling t-shirts. Uh, making house shows, and they made him a heel with Drew and Zolf, and I don't get it, and I'll never get it. And it's one of those things like, why did Bray lose to The Undertaker? I don't understand. Bring back Nicholas. I think that's yeah. what Braun needs to get his mojo back. Yes, bring back Nicholas. Maybe they can fly him to Saudi Arabia. I mean, they've got the money. Right. Um, okay, so I'm this what. This went right into a WWE World Cup qualifying match between Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre that Seth Rollins won by countout. There was interference uh, when Dean Ambrose showed up unexpectedly. What's up in kayfabe making it seem like Dean and Renee? Renee was like, oh, I haven't talked to him in weeks, seen him in weeks. It's like, whoa, what's up with that? Yeah, she, she seemed like she wasn't prepared for to, to answer that and was trying to, you know, play out, you know, she was talking on, you know, talking on her feet and, and uh, it wasn't working out well. That's the only awkward thing about, to me, Renee being on commentary. They're not acknowledging it. I want them to acknowledge it. They, they do a little bit. But, little. but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, again, we've just been seeing the variations with these guys just over and over and over. It just, yeah, I mean, Seth and, um, Seth and Drew have wrestled probably like a half dozen times at least on Raw over oh, the last few that. months. Yeah, probably more than that. And you throw in the tag matches and stuff, it's even more than that. So... It's just not it's just not fresh. It's just, you know, the same. I mean, they have good matches, but man, it's just over and over and over. Yeah, agreed. 
It feels monotonous. I don't think any of these people should be doing this. I think they should all be doing something fresh. I'm 100% with you. I don't get, I mean, I get why they're all being clustered up. And, and part of it, you know, is, is the long-term strategy, right? They're trying to do the Australia market. They're trying to do, you know, they don't want to say it, but they want to, they want to take over the Saudi Arabia market. They well, want they to take it over. They just want the money. I don't think they care about their market share. No, 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 no. They're trying to build in India. They're trying to build in China. They're trying to build these different territories. And as you're sure. going around trying to make all these different markets, you're doing these big events right now. And sure. as, as you're doing more and more big events consistently, you got to package these guys together. You got to protect them in different ways. I think that's why we're seeing more stables and groups right now as a way to, to protect people because you're, you have to hold off on more of these, these singles and, you know, big time tag matches in some cases yeah because they want to hold off the big singles feuds till january right so this is just their way of like basically running in place until they move on to the the interesting stuff exactly that's why football i said yeah that's why that's yeah, football season yes exactly. got it. <laughs> yes they need to, they need to run their course uh but you know I don't, I don't use football season as an excuse i you know if you're going to do an interesting project if you're going to go out there and try to sell tickets and compel people I say do it every day. Find it, find unique, interesting things that are going to get people hooked. It is possible. I don't think you should be complacent. It's true. Vince McMahon should have been thinking Better Call Saul ended last week. This week is our chance to win them all back with compelling programming on Raw. They did not do that. I don't know how much of a crossover there is with those audiences. I'm so bummed I don't have Better Call Saul to watch tonight after because right. that is what made my Mondays better. <laughs> after disappointing Raws. Uh, so a bunch of nonsense happened. Uh, Dean got involved, count out, Rollins won, Drew counted out of the ring. Uh, after that, backstage, backstage, backstage. Oh, okay, let's talk about a high point. Brothers of Destruction responding to G-Generation X. This was kind of old school tonight. This was might have been one, my, my favorite thing in the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was... Uh... So, yeah, I mean, it was a little campy, I thought, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought yeah. the, the the boiler room and everything no. it was different. No, Glenn's right. This was the best part of the show. I, I you know, I thought about it. I leaned back and I was like, mm, mm. no, you're right, Glenn. This was the best part of the show. I agree. It was cool because it wasn't just like a vignette. It was like a mashup, right? Because you got the purple smoke. You got the cane red background. You got odes to kind of each. Even Undertaker looked a little uh, uh, vintage from the way he was looking at the camera and stuff. I agree. Yep. This was a high point, if not the high point. For me, it was the uh, it was actually the Ronda Rousey thing. I, th I thought that was the best thing on the show. Oh, that's true. I, you know, I shouldn't I shouldn't pass judgment so quickly. I got to relive the show. <laughs> well, Ember Moon and Nia Jax teaming up tonight after their one on one uh, match last week versus Dana Brooke and a returning Tamina Snuka. Uh, now I'm sure like me, everyone thought, oh, Tamina's eating the pin in this match, but no, they gave her a little bit of a showcase, a little one-on-one -on -one action with Nia Jax, Samoan, Samoan drop with Nia, lifted Nia up. I think that's the first time that's happened. At least the first I can remember, maybe some, no, I not thinking of anyone else that ever did that to Nia. Um, yeah, there might be something here. They're building up this battle Royal for evolution. So after the match, uh, after Nia and Ember won, Ember turned on Naya, then, uh, yeah, people First were turning on each other. It was basically explaining how Battle Royal works. Yes. It was basically they what they were trying the to do. Here's, here's my problem. What are the matches announced for Evolution? We uh, have yeah. Rousey, Rousey and Nikki. And the then big. the tag match. Yeah, the tag match. 
And then uh finals of the May Young. Finals of the May okay. And then the UK title one, right? Yeah. And then Becky and Becky and Charlotte. They'll do that, right? Yeah. And Carrie versus Shayna for the NXT women's championship. Rhea Ripley versus Isla Dawn for the NXT UK women's championship. They need to announce this stuff, right? They need to announce more of these matches because for me, I was just like, wow, it's really early to be calling for the battle royal. You know, I was like, wow, this seems like a really I mean, I'm I'm all for I mean, well, we'll get to Ronda Nikki. I I'm all for you know this women's pay per view, but it doesn't seem like you know there's a whole lot there, and then they're just throwing this paper this battle royal. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, and then the winner gets a, a women's title shot. They said so. The winner gets to lose to either Charlotte or Ronda at some point in the future. Yeah, unless it's an NXT. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's true. It's not the money in the bank, right? It's just a future title shot. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Does it work like Money in the Bank, though? Is this like MITB2? Probably for TLC, not even Survivor Series. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we'll see. Um, Tamina, though, tonight, I I dug Tamina and Naya. Yeah, I thought she looked good. Yeah. And Tamina's credible. I think Tamina could be built up as a credible opponent uh, for Ronda. Uh, I mean, she'll get her ass kicked, but still they could build her up as a critical opponent. Yeah. Um, she looks the part. Yeah. You know, she looks like she's someone that could be a threat to Rhonda. I, I, it is, it is hard to find legitimate competition for somebody, you know, that, that has the aura of, of Nia Jax, but man, Tamina, if nothing else, Tamina left me wanting something more between her and Nia Jax tonight. And I thought that was mission accomplished. Yeah. I was into it. Um, then we got a video package from last week. What happened with the Bella Twins turning on Ronda Rousey? Oh, no. Uh, Ronda out in the ring, cutting an emotional promo, talking about she felt betrayed. The Bella's coming out, and, uh, man, they got into it, going uh, talking about defending the word diva. It was very, very strange. I thought this whole thing was very strange. At the end, it got okay, but then what, what was the punchline? Raj, what was she at with the Cena dig? Something, yeah, something. The only doors you've been knocking down was was John Cena's, and yeah, and then kicked he, you out that same out, door. He could, yeah. Here, here's there's a real bug in the water right now for doing stories that cross the line, and that's okay. very much what they were going for here. Like they, you know, Aries and Morrison. That was obviously, you know, it it worked to a degree for Baffer Glory. We'll see if it works in long term. Who knows? Uh, but then you look to UFC, right? Conor McGregor, these UFC guys, they'll say anything to get people buzzing. And they don't care. And Dana doesn't care. Dana's like, call him the R word. Call him the N word. Whatever. They'll bleep it on TMZ. It's not like I'm putting it on UFC.com. He doesn't care. There's no restraint there. There's a there's a bit of a, a, a bubble here. So it's tough to get that kind of same reaction. This was about as close as they could get to crossing the line to getting mainstream publicity talking about this feud. But unfortunately, I just don't think Nikki Bella is compelling competition to Ronda Rousey uh, as much as, as far, even as far as they would push the envelope as they're capable. Uh, she does have the character, though. <clears throat> I mean, she does look like a superstar. And, um, you know, I, I, don't, I, I thought this was, I thought this segment started off kind of rough. She was and, too emotional at the beginning. And yeah. I say that only because they would never have done this to Brock. But Brock then they there. recovered big time. Like by the end, I was like really into this. I thought this yeah. segment was the best thing on the show. I thought Rhonda had some good lines. Nikki, 
uh, was doing a great job with her facials and, and look, looking like she was really getting pissed. I, I thought this was really good. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock it there. I think the emotion was there, it, it, but at the end of the day, when you're, you're trying to put together a fight, I want to see these two people fight Khabib Connor. Either one of these guys could knock each other out. I was left thinking at the end of this, Ronda Rousey is going to murder Nikki Bella. Yeah. And I don't know what that, right? It, yeah, yeah. It doesn't necessarily make you want to see the match. It was an entertaining no. segment, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying though. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to say you're wrong in the sense that I wasn't like into the segment. I'm just saying, where are we going with this? We're looking at evolution. Just like I said, this card is a little thin. It's a little quick to be going to the battle Royal. Maybe get a little bit more out of the other stuff you've got in the books. You know, you know where you're going. So uh, get some more out of it. I, I don't know. It, it was good. It was very good. High point of the show, but something didn't click for me. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh, yeah, that face off ended. Oh, and do nothing Bella's. I, that was clever at first that reference, but like, why couldn't, why couldn't Ronda say bitch? Like Becky says it, Roman says it. Well, I, I texted Raj earlier today and Raj, th this is a conversation we can have inside baseball style here. You know, I, I, you know, they're, they're alluding to the DNB. Is that across the line? You, you know, I do, can I not, you know, should we not be writing that online? Should they not be saying on TV? Does it, affect advertisers why can't they go the whole distance here oh, that's her clothing line it's actually called dnb you know the do nothing bitch is something she's been using for a long time i just think they thought it was extra clever to use bella instead of bitch but um but yeah. vince Could never reads the article where ronda was giving sex advice to women because if that stuff makes it into promos it's all over well, if you want to be a better fighter, uh, from what Rhonda said, women who have sex before a fight, they have, you know, it's different than men. Men want to hold off. Men want to hold off on having sex. It makes them more aggressive. Women, they, they, you know, want to have sex before a fight. You know, it's different. That's what she said. You know, that's what she said. That was one of the things. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but no, I think, look, it's good for the WWE to get Rhonda's greatest hits. You know, the DMB thing's great. It just, this seems a little late. I think this would have been a better first feud for Ronda. I understand why they went with Steph, but the diva versus uh, female superstar clash. If it didn't feel weird tonight to have the Bellas like defending the divas era and all that, that part, I don't know. Just seemed like they we got just far enough away from it. They were the heels, right? There, there's yeah. no defense there. They, I mean, it was a burial of that. The, the fans were chanting, yes, yes, yes. When Ronda was like, you guys are do-nothing Bellas, the fans were like, you are correct. We agree with you. You are, you are in fact, as Ronda Rousey says. I, I mean, I don't know how they got it. You know, there's no defense there. Yeah, yeah. The, fans, the fans were going uh, nuts for this. Like, they were, they were into the segment. Yeah, absolutely. But, again, do you want to pay to see Nikki Bella fight Ronda Rousey? I, I don't know. And that was my, you know, that was my thought going into it. I was willing to give it a chance to see how it plays out, but if it, you know the the rowdy Philly crowd was any indication tonight, fans, you know, <laughs> think that the Bellas are just going to get tossed. So anyway, they should just bring back. They should just have the entire like everyone that's famous from the Divas division, like Summer Rae, running in. Ronda can just take them all out one by one. Eva Marie, yeah, seriously, new champ. That would be a faction that actually, if they made that a faction, like the divas faction and it was just, yeah, Eva Marie, the Bellas, Summer Rae, I'd be kind of into that. Sure. 
Um, so after that, we saw oh, uh, Kurt Angle backstage with Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, who did not get a match tonight as their tag team. Uh, Kurt dressing up like he's going on a tropical vacation, uh, getting set up for a handicap match against the Authors of Pain. But before that, we had the World Cup qualifying match of Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler. Man, just couldn't get enough tonight. Just the same guys again and again. McIntyre ran in. Rollins ran in. Ziggler ended up getting the win. Super kick. Got the pin. So Ziggler is going on to the World Cup. How do you have something called the World Cup tournament that doesn't have Brazil? Man, I, I you know, personally, I think Dean threw it so he could just stay back with Renee. He's like, well, she's not, you know, so this, just saying. Yeah. It'd be an inside job. Makes sense. Uh, you know, you're right, Glenn. There's, there's uh, this match happened. I'm sure it was very good. I remember watching it, enjoying it. But it's just uh, I've seen I've seen these guys a bunch. Well, you know, if that didn't do it for you, and Raj, I'm assuming you have nothing to say about that. I'm not even looking at the tab with you right now. I'm just assuming you've got nothing to add. What about Finn Balor versus Jinder Mahal? Oh my God, Jeez. but hey, both the Singh brothers were back. Both the Singhs are back. Um... They've done this match every week, uh, like a variation of it, for like the like the last five or six weeks, um, and it's the same ending. It's always Finn beating Jinder, so I, I just don't get the point. I know they're trying to promote mixed match challenge, and that's what they see Finn's use for right now is uh, to promote that show. But man, I, it's such a waste of him. This yeah, whole... I agree. Oh, I agree yeah. with Rush. Yes. <laughs> It was good to see the Singh brothers back together. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, I was at Backlash, and I think it was San Jose when Jinder Mahal beat Randy Orton. I think that was the match, right? Like, he beat Orton for the title at Backlash last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And I was there, and I watched him walk up into the crowd, and the fans were going nuts, and they hated this guy. And, you know, they were really going to try to make that push into India. And for whatever reason, they didn't go all in or, or go as – far as they maybe could have is like they are doing in the uk right now and so they pull back on gender but this man is a former world champion finn balor is a former world champion there is absolutely more you could be getting out of these guys right now and it would not take you know in, in my opinion two outside the box thinking to, to get them where they they could be a, a worthy of investment or having some some kind of story going that that's intriguing yeah. Definitely didn't feel like you're watching a match between two former world champions, right? But no. Well, <laughs> no. Look, I, I looked at my girlfriend, Liz, and I was like, I bet these guys are done in four. They were done in two. Yeah. True. Yeah. Timed it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, if that didn't do it for you, what about Bobby Lashley versus Tyler Breeze? Uh, well, I like Bobby Lashley. I think Bobby and uh, Leo Rush are maybe uh, one of the up shining stars, uh, shooting stars, rising stars. That's the phrase I'm looking for uh, in WWE right now. These guys are amazing together. This is the Bobby Lashley we've wanted. We deserve. Leo Rush is off the chain. He's doing great work. He's a great talker. He's capable of being grabbed around the shirt collar and, and beat up. And, uh, you know, the crowd couldn't have been deader for it tonight. But dude, this was a weird. I mean, this was a weird. This is a weird time for wrestling. I was thinking that the whole like, show. Yeah, the crowd was pretty dead most of the night. <laughs> this is Philly. This yes. is Philly. This is like the craziest 
outspoken crowd base and a fan base in WWE in the WWE universe. I'll use proper verbiage there. And they, they were sitting on their hands and it is, it's kind of like, do you want to participate in this? We're building to this thing that we know you don't like. And I don't think that I don't, I think the fans want WWE, but they don't want to be complicit in what WWE is doing right now. And it's like this weird grossness that is glossed <laughs> over and I can't wait for it to pass. I, it, and I'm hoping that the, the show have, you know, show happens, doesn't happen. If it gets called, if it doesn't get called, that's when the pimple gets popped. And hopefully we can start to heal from there. But this is a very <laughs> weird time for wrestling fans. So Leo wearing an in-ear monitor. So someone was telling me a line was confirmed last week that Vince is in his ear. And all yeah. I kept thinking is Vince is telling him what to say, but Vince is telling him how to say it. And I wish I could hear that Vince talking like Leo Rush. I, no, Vince is feeding him lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk about nobody smells like him. Nobody smells like you, Bobby. It's Lex Luger Luger stuff, right? Where it's like the total package, right? You know, glistening biceps. Yeah. Lashley looked like uh, he was a little, he didn't seem like that was him yet. So I think he needs, he needs some time to, uh, to kind of, you know, get into this character. But, you know, as far as being a heel, yeah, it it did seem awkward. Uh, I thought Leo was great though. Yeah, I mean, look, Leo's making the most of it. Good on him um, for this opportunity. Uh, always like to see Tyler Breeze, but yeah, just hasn't clicked for me yet, this whole Bobby experiment. Um, oh, here we go. Trish, Stratus, and Lita out in the ring together. And then they had a face-off with Alexa and Mickey James, who were doing the iconic shtick, doing poor imitations of them and complimenting Dude, each other. I- I am so glad you said, Raj. Did you also notice they were ripping the iconics? It was pretty much yeah, the same shtick. It was. I thought this was pretty brutal. Like this whole segment, I thought was just bad on all levels. I thought the the Allen Iverson, you know, two thousand six reference, the practice stuff was just uh, cringe. I, I just thought this this was one of the worst things on the show. For what know. could be one of the best matches at Evolution. Well, and I don't know about worsting on the show because. You know, there was a lot that went on here, and there's some star power involved, but did not do anything to sell me on Evolution. This should have been two singles matches. I would have been far more interested in two singles matches. Looking at this landscape, it was odd to me that Alexa Bliss was the only person of this generation that is in this match. No knock on anyone involved, but she has to pick up the pinfall or submission in this bout. She has to. She has to. If anybody else says, I don't know why they did it. I could see them having Trish and Lita win, having them having Trish pin Mickey James, uh, just because they want to do that. You know, the happy ending. You know, so well, maybe they would do Trish. Maybe they would do Trish Alexa like at Rumble or Mania. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I don't see it. I think uh, this feels like a one-off. Yeah, I'm. Mean, you never know. I mean, you know, we're we're seeing Sean, but. Uh, yeah, this this segment was not good. I felt I felt kind of bad for the stuff that they gave Trish and Lita. I yeah. agree. It was, it was bad. It's not, uh, it's not bad, but it's just not my favorite. Handicap match, Kurt Angle versus the Authors of Pain. But it wasn't Kurt Angle. It was uh, some schlub in the conquistador. You, you could tell that right off the bat, right? That yeah, it was, was going to be Rhino again. That's my guess for everything. It's going to be <laughs> Rhino. You're like tall and skinny. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Rhino would have gotten a big pop in Philly, though. But look, the, the the crowd didn't buy that that was Kurt Angle from the beginning, right? They were pretty quiet during this segment. Yeah. 
seeing a theme for the night. Yeah, the, yeah. This is this is kind of where we hit like a plateau for a while in the <laughs> the, the refractory period of uh, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, it just kind of it just kind of kicked back for a little bit, you know. It was like, all right. And again, I just I thought there was a lot of long vignettes tonight, and they were very safe on the wrestling, and they exposed as few wrestlers as possible to the show tonight as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I thought, I thought it was pretty much the same amount. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 20 seconds. There you go. There's your raw, you know. Yeah. Um, so Authors of Pain won. Kurt mm-hmm. Angle came out. Hit Baron Corbin. So maybe that feud's going to take off post. Uh... Think about what a dream match this would have been in NXT. Kurt Angle versus yeah. the Authors of Pain. Kurt, Kurt Angle, the Olympic gold medalist, one of the greatest WWE champions of all time, taking on the most badass duo in all of NXT. You could have sold an entire takeover event off of Kurt Angle, uh, uh, freaking Clint Eastwood style, uh, trying to hold his yard against the Authors of Pain. 100%. Yeah, you know, Kurt, that uh, that little Hawaiian shirt and the hat he was wearing, he, he probably shouldn't wear that again. He looked like he, he, looked like he was like 85 there well, with that. That's the thing, though, is they're not going to, you know, I'm talking, booking him like Clint Eastwood, like badass, like get off yeah, my Yeah, not, not a comedy figure. Yeah. And, they're, and they're like, no, we're going to put him, uh, he's off to a Jimmy Buffett concert right now. He doesn't know where his salt shaker is. Good Lord, quick guesses without Googling it. Nick, how old's Kurt Angle? 43. I said 48, 48. It's 49. I thought he was older. I was oh, about okay. to guess like mid to yeah. late 50s. I was like, no, 52. No, uh, nah, damn it. I got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. 49. Wow. 49. My bad. Yeah, that outfit made him look like he just came off the set of Cocoon. <laughs> Great film. Yes. Um, so if the show wasn't doing for you for you at that point, what about Natalia versus Ruby Riot? Ruby's out with the Riot Squad backstage. Ooh, they were squirting ketchup on. Yeah, what the? Like, where does Vince think this? But props to Liv Morgan because you know Liv Morgan's gonna smell like ketchup for days. That she had mm-hmm. ketchup all over her hands, rubbing it in there, and uh, that's commitment. But uh, the Riot Squad not menacing, not intimidating, not causing any real mayhem. Uh, but then Natalia brought back up with her in the form of Bailey and a returning Sasha Banks. Yeah, uh, Sasha. Yeah, she's she's been gone for the last couple of weeks. Not really much more is known other than that. Um, but she's back, and yeah, she you know she took a she took a bump and got physical. So apparently she's back, back. You know. Yes, just hoping. I was hoping her and Bailey were going to set it up for a one-on-one at Evolution tonight. That did not happen. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, they got one week, right? Just next week is the go home. But they could do that. You could do that with Sasha and Bailey. You could have one of them turn and be like Evolution. And I don't know about Raj. I'd be I'd be into that. Like you just announce it. Give me minimal storyline. Do it on Twitter. I don't care. I would I would think that match would be a high point of the night. Yeah. No, I agree. I th- I think they definitely should. It seemed like that's what they were doing. But you, you talk about spending so much time and energy on a feud that never you know, c- came into fruition. We were talking about that match for last year's WrestleMania. Yeah. Think about how long they've been teasing that feud. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, this tonight, whatever. 
DQ, Logan ran in. Natalia won by DQ. After that, Brawl broke out, but uh, Sasha and Bailey still on the same team. So uh, unless something happens Monday, mm-hmm. we are not getting ahead of Evolution. I'm sure they'll be in the Battle Royale together. Um, they're just never going to pull the trigger on this. Yeah, maybe maybe they do something in Battle Royale where Bailey eliminates Sasha and Sasha you know, gets in and beats up Bailey. They finally do something. But yeah, I agree. It's just been like going nowhere. Yeah. And then Elias came out there, cut a scathing promo against Philadelphia, uh, interrupted by Apollo. Apollo came out, faced off with him, dropped Elias to the mat. Yeah. This read to me like one of those, you know how they'll like start pushing someone for a few weeks and then you don't see him on TV again for a while. Kind of like uh, Mojo Raleigh, like that kind of thing. So that's what it kind of felt like to me. I hope I'm wrong. Apollo's a super talented guy. Um, you know, I, I, his I agree promos with, aren't that great. I agree with I agree with you. It, it, he was being thrown out there, but these are, you know, I always think of the test. You know, you, you always hear about that in exit promos. I, I should say from or exit interviews from, from talents that used to work from WWE. You know, they were given a chance, a, a test, and it didn't work out, and then they gave up on him. Right. I feel like this was a test for Apollo tonight. Go out there, show us some fire, show us you can stand out a- as an individual performer. And and some and some performers get one test and they're done. Some people get tested many times over over you know a career. I thought tonight was a test for Apollo. I thought he I thought he stood out, but it was a it was just a bad night for a test like this. You know maybe that's why they did it because they were like, well, let's see, maybe he can get the crowd going. You know, yeah. It was fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It is what it, it was, is. It was there. I like Apollo. I, I think, you know, whether it's the U.S. championship, like something mid-level, I think Apollo would be great. Um, just a great champ for, like, kids. For people that want the wrestling, just really simple and old school. Smiling champs that have a lot of personality. Great athleticism. That is Apollo in a nutshell. White, white meat baby face. But, you know, let's be real here, too. Elias is amazing. Elias is a better guitarist now than when he started. He comes out, he really does get the crowd going, and they're like, wow, we like this. They, they like they, they like this guy. And if they don't like him, they like to boo him. But they like this guy. They respect him. Yeah, and uh, we did not mention backstage, Kurt Angle did have interaction with No Way Jose. <laughs> oh, How sorry. did we forget that? <laughs> How did we forget that? <laughs> oh. I'll put him with Apollo on the new Rock and Wrestling Saturday morning, you know, for uh. kids. But it'll be live action. Yeah, Apollo, another, another, No Way Jose and the Good Time Gang. Another another time where my girlfriend was like, "Well, what do you do with that guy?" And I look at a, a No Way Jose, and just like any other, you know, white meat white meat baby face, where it's like, "What do you do with him?" There are no great good guys without great bad guys, and so you got to find a great villain for No Way Jose. And who is that villain? And who's going to push him? And what's going to make that compelling? And we haven't seen that yet. We've just seen No Way Jose. We have not seen anybody push this guy, and I and that'll be interesting when when the time comes. He needs a complete character overhaul. I don't, but we haven't seen him get pushed yet. Nobody's cut the yeah. collar light off. Nobody's like people stop caring about him the second week he was in. But I'm just saying, <laughs> if if this was like you know Street Fighter Seven and No Way Jose was a character, I think I could beat the game just playing as him. He he needs to get rid of the Adam Rose, the Rosebuds, and because well, uh, he's got a cool look. I yeah. mean he. he yeah, but Dolph Ziggler was like, his whole thing was just, I'm Dolph Ziggler. 
And he did that for like 80 weeks. And then everyone was like, we are so tired of this. And now he's Dolph Ziggler. I, not necessarily the same emphasis as uh, as No Way Jose, but the same kind of, I think, intentions could be there. Wait, let's go back a second. Emphasis. Mm-hmm. Not emphasis. Did I put the wrong emphasis on the right syllable? Touche. Um, you know, for Dolph Ziggler, I think what really turned it around was that Cricket Wireless commercial. There you go. Hey, a girl like you needs a big wireless network. I find myself angry now when the one with Seamus or Sasha comes on. I'm like, just show me the Dolph one again. The Dolph one's great, man. It's iconic. Bring back Bosley hair with Mike K, the engineer, swearing it's his hair. That makes Raw 20% better. I like you. Uh, Good call. Good call. Uh, Main event tonight, The Shield versus Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. Good Lord, please make it stop. Third time. Third time we're having this match in what, like a nine-day period. Yeah. Because well, they had Super Showdown, then last week's Raw, and then tonight's Raw. So. You know, again, I just think this is trying to keep as few people on TV as possible. <laughs> <laughs> like They've got a budget, and they're like, look, guys, we got to no, pay people more if we put them on TV. No, 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 no. You're going down the wrong rabbit hole with me. Okay. It's not about budget. It's about uh, public uh, dignity, you know, the public <laughs> value. You okay. know, these people are all going to be have to, people at some point. They're going to be put on the spot about defending their decision to be on TV during this crisis right now, which is, our, I mean, when you have U.S. senators that are like, hey, maybe rethink <laughs> doing your wrestling show for blood money. That's a real serious story. That's a very serious thing that is going on. And everyone involved in this, this is not done today. It is not done next week. This is something that will be talked about in history for a long time. They're all going to have to talk about not just the event itself, but being a part of it beforehand, (laughs) talking about it, being backstage. It's an ongoing story that will continue. And it's the Monday night raw after crown jewel, Leo rush testifying in front of the Senate, trying to explain his involvement in crown jewel. I was doing a drinking game tonight. Every time they said Saudi Arabia, take a drink. You know what? It's the first drinking game in history where everyone was sober at the end of it. It was amazing. They all walked out and drove home in their cars. You know, this it's just a very interesting time for the company. And I genuinely think there was something I've said genuine, like a million times. I feel like an idiot, but I, I do think there is something to the idea that they did not want to put uh, a bunch of talent on the show. I think there was something to the idea that they had a limited roster for this. And I don't think they want to. I, I don't think so. I don't agree with that. Who, who, who was not on tonight that has been on? Like, that's been featured, like, a lot. I mean, yeah, they didn't do Chad Gable and Bobby Roode against the Ascension again. They were backstage. They're coping. But they were backstage. Yeah, they did it. Titus wasn't there. Their biggest. Titus hasn't been there for a while since. He hasn't been on TV since they broke up the uh, Titus Worldwide. I'm just saying they put him over for being in the top 100 Ebony, uh, whatever, uh, magazine that were over. But this guy doesn't want to be on TV during the, the height of this crisis. I think that's a smart idea. Or they, they don't want to... Uh, I don't, I don't think, think that has anything choice. to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, uh, they made you think that Dean was going to turn on Seth, tried to put him uh, in the dirty deeds. Seemed like it was coming undone. But then, no. It all broke down. Uh, the Shield got the triple powerbomb on Ziggler. Ambrose covered him for the win. 
And uh, Braun Strowman, not happy, stared down Drew McIntyre, attacked Dolph. Drew got into it with Braun. And uh, we went off the air with the pack, if that was indeed their name, broken up potentially. All right. Yeah. Was this a Sasha and Bailey breakup where they're just randomly back together next week? Or was this an actual breakup? I think that tonight is going to be seriously like remembered like a fever dream. I think it's going to be remembered like Vince McMahon saying XFL is coming back. It's like it happened, but did it happen? Did it happen? Yeah, I don't think we'll be remembering tonight's show after after tonight. No, there. (laughs) You know, I think you, Raj. I think you were right that Ronda was a standout. Glenn, I think you were right that that uh, Brothers of Destruction promo was a standout. Outside of that, I don't really know what else there was. And I and I think it was a safe show, and I think they did it on purpose without any regard for the rating. Yeah. Man, but what are they going to do about the crown jewel? I'm predicting they're not going to pull. They're not going to pull out. No, no, they're not. I love that your pivot was. Well, what are they going to do about crown jewel? It's like, man, I'd I'd love to know. You know, we reached out. Like I said, if you guys want to go right now to the front page of wrestlinginc.com, we got the latest statement from WWE. Uh, we inquired about, you know, has talent come forward? Are they airing uh, concerns to you? How are you dealing with that? It was a very ambiguous uh, comment at best. I'll read it one more time here to close the show. I can pull this up. I got the site here in, in my in my guys. Uh, they said, as always, we maintain an open line of communication with our performers. We continue to monitor their situation. So it, very vague, but that is the corporate line as it is. So as things come along, as all these updates happen about Crown Jewel, stay here with Wrestling Inc. We've got you guys. We like to have fun conversations. We like to try to dissect this to the best of our abilities. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys enjoy the ride. Yeah. You know, I bet you like, so I'm looking at the border right now and it's like, I bet you that like, you know, if they do a compromise, it'll be like in Yemen or Iraq or Kuwait or Abu Dhabi. They'll just pick a bordering nation and go as close to the border as possible and do it. There. It's, it's got to, Why? That's not, uh, they're not making money from Iraq or any true. of those places. The, the government, this is a bot show that the government's spending a ton of money on. So I, I have it's a, either canceled or, uh, and they move the matches to survivor series or something like that. No, I'm or, telling you, it's going to be like the end of Footloose not where they go, where they go at the end of Footloose. It's technically right outside the city. We can dance there. Yeah. You know, and all the kids are happy. I'm telling you. If I were, find a way. I'll, I'll that, say, this, I'll say this speculatively, but for real, if I were them and you had to move it, I would do it in the UK, just because it's not a huge. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it's it's not a huge time difference for them. Also, uh, I you know that's the market they're after right now. They're doing the NXT UK show. All reports coming out of that taping sounds like it was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's coming. They're they're the NXT UK show. I thought it was cool. Airs at like. 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. It's like an afternoon show. So if you're, you're a cubicle, you can watch live pro, or, you know, first run pro wrestling from, from your office right now. I think that's a very cool thing. And if they do move the show, I think the UK would be a, a, a great spot for them to, to land in. I see no way in hell they're moving it. And like, you know, we're like two weeks away. <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, you know, even if you're, if you're a newsaholic, the, the, the news is always changing. This has become a very complicated story. Who knows? Again, if a, a letter from the state department comes on Vince's desk, how, who are you to say, no, you got to have a backup plan. I'm sure there's one in place. 
We shall see. Stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. for all the latest. Uh, guys, what else is coming up on the website? Uh, just regular tons of interviews and stuff. Nick's, Nick's been uh, doing the weekly podcast on Thursday, so we That's have right. special guests on every every week. I'm trying to get Aries right now for, for Thursday's podcast. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, there's a couple folks coming out of Band for Glory that I'd really like to talk to. Moose is also on my docket. Uh, his dashiki that he was wearing ringside throughout Bound for Glory was just incredible. And I, I want to know more about you know where he's coming from, his culture, why he's a king, all of these great things. So I'm hoping to have that by Thursday. Uh, but yes, uh, please subscribe to the Wrestling Inc. audio channel for more. Fantastic. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. I will be back here this Wednesday talking about SmackDown 1000. Uh, Mike in the chat's asking, you guys think The Rock's going to show up tomorrow night? Uh, you know, he's filming He's filming his movie, so if he did, it would be by tape, you know, yeah. by satellite. Well, we shall see. Uh, come back Monday. I think The Rock's going to show up, but then he's going to rip his face off, and it's actually going to be Chris Jericho. <laughs> there you have it well uh wednesday 12 noon eastern we will talk about all that and more right here and we'll see you back next time on the wrestling inc podcast take care